Welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast, presented, of course, by Esports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and today I'm joined by Daniel Howard. He's a video game columnist and fighting game enthusiast. Daniel, how you doing, man? I'm fine, Mitch. Thanks for asking. Thank you for coming on the pod. Today's topic is what the hell is going on in the Super Smash Bros. community? Daniel reached out to me. He's a big fan of Smash Bros. It was like this summer has just been wild. So we're going to go over a wide array of different stories that came out. Uh, some pretty uh, pretty damaging, some, some tough stuff here. But first, Daniel, you're going to LA Comic Con later today. What are you most excited for? Well, you know, I've never been to the LA Comic Con. I've been to San Diego a few times and, uh, you know, this used to be Stanley's Kamikaze. So, uh, me being there, uh, is, it's pretty exciting. I'm hoping that I can, uh, add more, uh, stuff to the, uh, to the nerd cave that I have uh, going on in my office right now. So, uh, I'm definitely going for the swag. That's amazing. What are some so what are some of your favorite pieces of nerd swag you've got currently in your office? Uh well, right above my uh right above my battle station, I actually have a a hand-painted poster uh that uh I bought a couple years ago framed of the uh, original Superman movie with uh Christopher Reeves. It was a limited edition. They only had a, they only made 100 for Comic-Con, so I bought the special variant. Uh, so that one's my my pride and joy. And I also got a, a Magikarp shirt uh, from one of the vendors there. And uh, that always seems to uh, turn heads anywhere I go, much to the dismay of my wife. <laughs> Sounds a lot <laughs> like my girlfriend. I love that. <laughs> so the Smash Bros community, not been great. We've got a lot of drama. We have some racism on Discord. What else is new in esports? Uh, we have... <laughs> fights, we have underage dating, and a whole lot more. So from your perspective, why do you want to reach out and talk about the Super Smash Bros. summer? Like it's just been story after story after story. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons, Mitch. And on top of that, uh, you talk about in terms of like how uh, big Smash Brothers is as a franchise. And honestly, uh, do you ever think in the history of Nintendo that they would have intended on making a game that was going to uh, you know, generate this much uh, this much controversy. Uh, Nintendo uh, censored the original Mortal Kombat back when it was released uh, on the Super Nintendo. They took out the blood. And now here they are uh, with the game. Well, they're not openly uh, participating in the competitions and tournaments and such. But uh, these, this is a game that's meant to be played ideally for with families and friends. But now it's taken a life of its own. It's the biggest game in the fighting game community, even though there is a debate in the community if it's even considered a fighting game but hey if it's at evo it's a fighting game and uh the things that's happened lately i'm honestly i haven't seen stuff like this on such a big scale in a very long time yeah i always say that nintendo created one of the best esports by accident and they wish they didn't no at 100 percent. and uh you know uh you look at uh games like for example like street fighter and tekken uh that are you know, been your traditional uh, fighting games in the FGC, uh, they haven't transitioned to esports properly. I mean, Capcom is in the midst of doing that with the Street Fighter League and the Capcom Pro Tour, but there's a 
there's a very slow transition into actually integrating this into esports. They're moving on actually pretty good. I mean, the Intel World Cup is happening uh, pretty soon. And once the Capcom Pro Tour ends, there's going to be a big tournament. Uh, excuse me, the Street Fighter Street Fighter League ends. There's going to be a big tournament uh, overseas. But uh, Smash Brothers is leaps and bounds ahead of, uh, of the traditional FGC in terms of uh, transitioning into esports. Yeah, the I mean, the melee scene just thrived for a decade with zero support from Nintendo. And it just felt like eventually it should wane away and it absolutely never did. And now with the more recent titles, it feels like Nintendo actually does... You know they they've included a ranked playlist in the for for glory, and so it seems like they might be embracing the competitive side a little bit more recently, but still not uh, monetarily in terms of that, or by providing a nice structure, which it seems like the scene could desperately use a little bit of structure and oversight at this point. Well, I wouldn't even say that Nintendo needs to provide it. I think it's just in uh, in this case, it's really just. Uh, it's all holdovers from the Melee era. So um, Melee, as you mentioned, didn't have a lot of competitive support from Nintendo, but it persevered for quite a long time, much along the lines of, say, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo was a major competition game for almost for over a decade, right? Um, but it's just that a lot of the holdover from Melee, like that transition from that scene, which was low-key toxic. I mean, back then, we're talking about, we still had arcades. We were still playing in, in our friends' garages. That was the extent of our tournaments. Uh, and now we're talking about, you know, global events, uh, uh, Evo in Vegas. That's huge. Uh, but uh, yeah, things have gotten pretty sticky. And as far as communities go, the Smash uh, community is gaining notoriety for being toxic. Yeah, fighting games have always sort of towed that line with a lot of trash talking, a lot of popping off. I think that's part of just how they operate. You're sitting next to each other in like two chairs, and so it gets very intense. It's it's a very mono e mono. You don't hide behind much else. And so there's always been a lot of that. And when you have a lot of trash talk, a lot of friendly banter, eventually some people in the community are not so friendly about it and it, it reaches a level where you're like okay wait a second we need to we need to pull this back a little bit and that feels like where it's at right now uh yeah and i would agree with that 100 percent. but at the same time uh, i can say that you know being in my other life I'm, i've covered the sport of boxing and, and mma for for over a decade and i can tell you that even though there is like you say like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of heightened tension there's a lot of uh, emotion and it is Unlike you know League of Legends or Counter Strike Go, this is one on one. It's you and somebody else. You may have a, a a sponsorship or a team that you work with, but it's literally your resources against another person, and uh, it can get heated, like you said. Um, but there's always been a level. I feel like there's always a level of respect at the at the top level. I mean, you're not going to see guys like, for example, MK Leo, who uh, who has been dominating the Smash scene almost unanimously this year. You're not going to see him. Oh, God, I would imagine you wouldn't see someone like him in a situation like uh, we've seen and in, since in we're going to talk about. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's getting it's getting it's getting pretty rough. And it's just that this pool is so big that, you know, the the heavy stuff sinks to the bottom and he, the bottom is is thick, 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 thick with uh, a lot of toxicity and salt. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's and that's true for a lot of esports as well. I think a lot of them also have more gatekeepers that keep yeah. a top level in the public eye, which is those MK Leos. Obviously, MK Leo is the best, but you know, you have your realm of say take the Overwatch League or the LCS or something. You don't really hear about people in the academy leagues. But because Smash has so many tournaments happening everywhere, all it takes is somebody to win a regional tournament. And then they do something and they're put up onto a... It's like, whoa, look at this person. That's part of the Smash community. But you don't even hear about that in the lower stages of a lot of other esports. So there's plenty of toxicity to go around. It just seems that Smashes gets publicized a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. And when you consider it's a, a Nintendo game, then yeah, that then everyone's going to hear about it because Nintendo is synonymous with video games more so than, say, you know, League of Legends or... Or Overwatch, uh, but you know, to your point, you talk about uh, you talk about how winning these small events kind of puts you in the spotlight, and that kind of was one of the reasons that uh, kicked off the whole um, summer of discontent for Smash Brothers. Was uh, you know the incident with Bochi where uh, you know fifteen year old fifteen year old uh, girl beats uh, beats Ally, who's a, a legend in the Smash community, using Isabel, who's you know typically a low tier character, and, and Ally was using Snake. You know, that in of itself should have been a huge moment, and it was, but uh, it just cascaded in, into into chaos because Bochi ended up being targeted by the community for, you know, beating uh, one of the main men there. And uh, the incidents that happened after that was is, is, is unbelievable. You couldn't you couldn't script it in a movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, the spot when the spotlight gets on a particular player, uh, you better be ready to deal with the social media, the backlash and, and the fact that a big spotlight is being put on you. And uh, usually it's with uh, envious eyes. Yeah, that's a that's a great point as well. It's that Bochi story is so tough because it should have been a really feel good story. Oh, yeah. A 15 year old girl comes out of nowhere, uses a low tier character and beats a really amazing Smash player. That should have been just a great story. And then unfortunately, the jealousy reigns and she's a 15 year old girl. And so she can't really like ignore the haters. She's now has people coming out of the woodwork talking shit to her. And so it's really hard. She's 15. How is she supposed to like be like, oh, it's okay. I'm above this. That's tough. No, yeah. And that's another thing too, is that uh, it kind of also paints a different picture uh, for people who are getting into esports who have kids that are getting into esports teenagers thinking like, okay, well, my kid's going to go play in a gaming tournament. No, big deal. Uh, but now, you know, we're talking about the, the issue of social media and, uh, and getting this attention is a 15 year old, 16 year old, even 17 year old there. Hell, there probably aren't even 20 or 30 year olds that are ready to deal with this type of, uh, this type of heat, uh, on social media, let alone, you know, someone who's still in high school. Uh, but the thing is, is that like, as I mentioned, uh, the, the smash community actually rallied around her and kind of like took a step back and go, hold on a minute. Really? Are we doing this to a 15 year old kid? I mean, 
we were there once, right? So let's kind of like scale back and, you know, say our apologies and let's not bully her out of the scene. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, like I mentioned, uh, that spotlight's on you. And if there's uh, stuff to be found and people have a reason to look, uh, they're going to find something. And in Bochi's case, they did. And it, it didn't, uh, her story ended up getting a lot worse, sadly. I, and I feel bad for the girl. I really do. Yeah, that's, it should have been a feel good story. And then a uh, video gets posted showing some discord DMs and, not even DMs. That that was in a channel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in a channel. Yeah, with uh, her and I believe it was I believe it was Stroder, who's another who's another Smash player. But yeah, it, uh, uh, Discord is getting a lot of people in trouble. So for uh, for all you guys out there who are who are thinking that you're uh, you're you're safe and private on Discord, far from it. It is one of the least private <laughs> places on the internet. Do not do not do anything on Discord that you would not say to somebody's face because. I can't tell you how many times I have seen Discord screenshots be placed in exposing YouTube videos. It's hundreds of times. I was in the Fortnite community for the last year. It happened at least Yikes. 10 separate times that I could think about. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's the thing. And uh, sadly, it, all it takes is one uh, that you don't really need to, you don't really have to ha- it, it be relevant for, for what's going on right now. I mean, this could be something that happens way in the past. And when things get unearthed and it's uh, it, via Discord or anything else, uh, it can derail you as a, as a player in the community. And uh, in Bochi's case, uh, honestly, this could have this should have been something that was a big plus for the community. That you know, hey, they rallied around her. They kind of helped her out by you know saying, you know what, we're not going to be like this anymore. But for her to make the the, the racist and horrifying statements that she made. And, you know, the worst part is, too, is that it just shows that there's more to be prepared for than just, you know, learning the ins and outs of the game mechanics. Because her initial uh, response to uh, to uh, un- this unearthed, uh, this unearthed uh, relic of her past uh, was unfortunately not the kind of answer that you would want to hear. Uh, the, the apology was more like, Oh, well, Hey, you know, I'm a kid. So, you know, I get the kid pass, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't really be held accountable for my actions because I don't know any better, but that's not going to work with the things, the kind of things that she said. I mean, she walked her statements back and all that and said, you know, okay, I have to mature. I have to be better than this. And I kind of have to step away from this to check myself. And to her credit, she did mention she's stepping away from any major tournaments and everything else along there. And I think she's, she's uh, followed through with that. So props to her for, for taking the responsibility, but that kind of like the smash community in a, in a bubble, it's like, it's like, yeah, well, you know, we can, but we'll be better tomorrow kind of deal. Yeah, that's a fair point. Just to add a little bit of context. I mean, now we've, we, we've talked about the racism. Uh, If you're listening to this, you've probably figured out a general idea of what the messages said. Uh, Plenty of, I'm not going to repeat them. Absolutely not. Um, Plenty of the N-word, hard R, not just like quoting a song or anything like that, like aggressively throwing this around. Um, The word lynch is used at one point. It's not good. It's really, really racist. And 
it i could put the video down below if you want to see it but it's it's pretty graphic and she's just i mean is she a horrible racist maybe maybe not more likely she's a 15 year old who's trying to be really edgy and now is a bunch of people paying attention to her but either way it's completely unacceptable for somebody in the public spotlight especially somebody playing a nintendo esport don't say that kind of shit you don't don't do it just you're you know people follow you you've had people follow your twitter dms you know people know your name don't yeah. try and be edgy on Discord. It's only going to create problems. Yeah, and on top of that, as as I mentioned, if there's if there's something, just a social media etiquette lesson for all of you prospective players out there listening in. If you think you're about to say something or do something or post something that is uh, probably something you don't want to uh, look back at in the next three to five years, don't do it. It that's probably best it's just to leave to leave it alone and know that anything that you put on the internet if you're not good at hiding it don't put it out there if you're debating whether or not to post something just don't post it that's oh, yeah. my rule of thumb if i'm like oh is this is this over the line just don't post it just <laughs> just don't even say it and it goes retroactively as well if you are one of those perspective players you're finding some success go just scrub your twitter account if you have like less than 200 followers just delete it and just create a new one i i had to do that coming out of school as we grew up in an age where you know i was at one point i was a 12 year old on the internet i said some stupid shit and so i went and i just scrubbed all my tweets before i became a journalist that's that's just part of you're going to be in the public eye and the worst thing you know it happened to it happened to some other journalists in the scene jacob wolf had some old tweets. The ESPN esports reporter had some old tweets surface, and Deadspin got an article about it. And it's just like, just if you had if you had a bad past on the internet, just scrub it completely. Do whatever you can to get those footsteps off of the internet now. Well, I mean, on top of that too, I mean, another way to 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 get rid of it is to get ahead of it, right? I mean, if there's stuff that you know is going to come out, if you can't like uh, if you can't uh, you know bury it, then you want to at least be able to be ahead of it and put a positive spin on things. Because unfortunately, that's another case of things that happened uh, over the summer as well. Now, we're we're talking about Bochy and we the flashpoint incident of all of the stuff that happened over the summer was 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 this incident was when Bochy played ally. So we already just we already talked about Bochy, right? So that that's terrible. You know, 15 year old, 15 year old kid doing all that. That's really tough. But ally comes out less than a month later and it is revealed it was revealed at the time that uh that he had previously been in uh in a relationship with another professional uh, smash player captain zach now at the time uh i believe uh zach was was a minor uh, i think he was 15 or 16 i can't i think it was around that age he was 16 on the he, article i saw but yeah he was it he really matter yeah, it doesn't matter. And I know that in, in Ally's case, he's, I believe he's Canadian and the age of consent's different over there. It's still, it's like, there's. But that, how old's Ally? Ally's 20. He was in his, he was in his 20s at the time. He was in his early 20s at the time when they were in a, when they were in a relationship. But that comes out and it doesn't come out 
uh, he did, Ally doesn't get a, get ahead of it soon enough. I, Captain Zap, the, the relationship uh, becomes public to the community at that time. And it doesn't matter if there was an age of consent. It's just if you're 23 years old or you're 25 years old and you're dating, you're, you're at a video game tournament and you're, you end up getting into a relationship with a 16, 17-year-old uh, competitor – that doesn't paint a good look at all. That's the first thing parents would say, uh, no way. That's something Nintendo would probably look at and go, oh, we're not going to sponsor any of these tournaments. You're nuts. So Ally, who has been a staple of the Smash community, gets out on Twitter. He explains the circumstances, but the powers that be uh, – ban him. I mean, he ends up quitting the community and says he's going to walk away and he's no longer going to participate in any in any uh future smash tournaments, but come on. I mean, what 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 was what was expect what was going to be expected here? He was going to never play another game of smash again. So, he's trying he tried initially to to try to maybe not make it look as bad as it as it could have without him, you know, being with him being quiet. But uh, but we lo- the community lost a, a staple player and to scandal. And uh, that, to me, was was even more shocking than what happened with Bochi. Uh, and it, it just paints an even nastier cloud over over what could potentially happens at these tournaments. Yeah, when you when you start to pull this back, I think that's a great point is you get towards just the environment of these tournaments. Again, if you're a parent and your kid is 15, 16, 17 years old and looking to be a, a Smash Bros. player, and you start to hear about some of these things, underage dating, racism on on social media, fights breaking out at times, I'd be like, could, can you just go to high school and we can do something else for a while? Like that, <laughs> Play actual sports. <laughs> I, play, I play guess so sport. yeah at this point play football like play i don't outside. know if <laughs> i mean it's it's not it's just that it's some of the stuff there again uh look following following street fighter and I'm, I'm a big street fighter player and i've been playing i've been playing for a long time and uh i can say that there have been incidents in you know the street fighter side of things that have been you know questionable i mean we've had instances of of you know people fixing matches that we do have our troll communities uh, uh and in street fighter we have uh, but um i can't say honestly uh that i've seen anything on the scale of this and it for a nintendo game it's uh that's pretty rough yeah the nintendo aspect let's touch on that a little bit more it's we keep rehashing that it's just so important because everyone knows what Nintendo does. Nintendo, to my knowledge, has never released a game with blood in it. Not that I could think of. I mean, health points like in Link, where it's blood droplets, but this is their image. This is what they do. They they do Animal Crossing. They do, you know, Mario. They're they're silly. They're whimsical. Same with Smash Bros. That's the goal of Smash Bros. Is to be like this funny fighting game where it's like, oh, you're you're throwing random things, and then it becomes one of the larger fighting games, if you want to call it a fighting game. Uh, we're gonna call it a fighting game, but it becomes one of the larger esports in that genre in the world. And Nintendo's like, oh, we're not prepared to deal with all the fallout that comes with this scene, with this competitive scene, with websites being entirely dedicated to writing about this scene 
Nintendo just never has really properly been prepared to deal with everything that comes out with being a massive esport. And the result is sort of an unchecked scene that allows for crazy drama like this. Yeah. And I just think, though, that there's actually going to be no turning back at this point. I think that now Nintendo can't hit the reset button. Um, I I recall uh, last year that Nintendo uh, and even Bandai Namco, when Dragon Ball Fighter Z was released, was uh, was not going to co-sign some of the events to be in, in major tournaments. But that changed. I mean, it's, it's a money thing. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. The game makes too much money for them to make too drastic of a change to, to limit the player base, right? So that, that's not going to change. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't – I think Nintendo – didn't they're not anticipating this type of uh, this type of scene, and to them, it's an anomaly. I mean, let's look at the tournament the tournament uh, scene just in general in Smash. For since the game's been released, there's been over eight hundred eighty thousand dollars in tournament money that's gone out to competitors. That's 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 a lot. I mean that that that's a lot for for a fighting game, and that's just for tournaments, right? Smash is. If it's not the best-selling game on the Switch, it's it's either really high up there, like I'm thinking maybe one of the third or fourth highest games on the Switch, and it's going to only continue climbing because they're still supporting the game. Every Nintendo platform has had the Smash Brothers game as one of the top-selling games on the platforms, and you know, melee from melee to brawl to you know. <laughs> the Wii U version smash is a huge, is a huge thing for them. And for Nintendo, it's, it's always been about the, the most common denominator is that if this is a, this is a casual game and a lot of people are going to play it and their focus is going to be the huge contingency. That's maybe not in the tournament scene. So I wouldn't expect them to intervene saying, Hey, you guys need to start vetting your players or screening your players. Cause we can't have, this image on our uh, on uh, attached to our game. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, right? Is it's how much does Nintendo want to be involved and want to police this? Where where's their response been to some of these players? Have they said anything? I saw somebody was suspended. Was that suspended by a third party organizer? Is that suspended? Does that suspension come directly from Nintendo? So uh, it did not come to, uh, from Nintendo. So you're referring to um, to Osiris zero one nine seven. Back in July, uh, there was an incident at the at CEO uh, in Orlando where um, Osiris and another player got into a fist fight. And Osiris has a uh, reputation in the community of being belligerent, and uh, he admittedly was drinking at the at the tournament that day, which <laughs> shows goes to show uh, what to expect for tournament goers uh, uh, when you go to these events. So they got into a fist fight, and uh, him and another player, and they effectively banned him from SmashCon. I think they said that they are not going to uh, they're not going to uh, invite him due to uh, a safety concern, and you know good for them. Uh, but, uh, he wasn't banned. I think he was just in this case, just, uh, he was not invited to the event, but he has, he's basically been flagged. I don't think, uh, I don't think Nintendo is going to weigh in on this, but, uh, the thing is, is that with events, 
like at the thing with CEO and everything that we've been hearing lately with Ally and everything else, these tournaments are are eventually going to have to start clamping down and making it a point that they need to protect the uh, the tournament goers and the spectators. Um, not to to deviate off of the uh, off the subject, but at, we had we had an incident as well at Evo where uh, there were there uh, you know were stories of uh, people being sexually assaulted or uh, you know underage drinking. So uh, these happen off off tournament off tournament floor, but uh, the FGC just I is is transitioning into the esports thing and uh, and. That means it's going to be it's becoming part of something much bigger, and uh, eventually the it's going to have to bend back. And I think that um, with, with the Osiris uh, the Osiris incident, uh, they made the good call and letting him know, hey man, um, you might be able to check yourself. You're not coming in. Yeah, that that's an important thing, and I think you bring up another topic of how esports is growing for a long time. Nobody really cared what was happening in the esports scene. I mean, obviously, people in the scene did, but the money just wasn't there as much. And now, with all the big sponsors, you know, Overwatch League has to please all their players and their streams because they have big sponsors. Same with League of Legends, same with Call of Duty now, same with some of the CSGO guys. Yeah. But the FGC has long time ran parallel to esports, but stayed separate in how it's run, who the tournament organizers are, what the games are, and eventually they're going to have to to deal with something, especially like you mentioned earlier, they're going to be in an, an official Olympics-ish event. Like the FGC is going to be on a major stage in the IOC. It's not technically in the Olympics, but it's Rocket League and Street Fighter. And they're being held in the run-up to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. The IOC does not play around. The International Olympic Committee, if scandal gets out around one of those players, they are gone. They will never set foot in Tokyo uh, on IOC premises. That's not going to happen. So well, Beyond that, they may, may maybe even blacklisted from getting any future sponsors. You think someone like, let's say, Team Liquid or Red Bull, for example... Um, uh, Gakichun, who's uh, who's sponsored by Red Bull and a Capcom Cup champion, you think that Red Bull is going to want to sponsor someone uh, that causes that makes a fool out of himself wearing their gear at an Olympic event? I don't think so. They'd be ban- I don't think anyone will will take a risk for someone like that on such a big stage. Right, and the esports organizations themselves are bringing in massive sponsors as well. You could even think back to some of the old smash bros tournaments like the the five gods were never super toxic at least not to my knowledge Mm -hmm. there was some some solid banter but uh the five gods of melee smash hbox let me please tell me i can do this hbox armada uh mango left no not leffen leffen's a god killer uh plup and why am i forgetting he's the biggest one um who am i forgetting i'm helping you out here uh uh Let's see. Mewtwo King. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, those five guys, the five gods of Smash plus Leffen as the God Killer, were they were they had big esports sponsorships, but nobody was really the oversight just wasn't quite there as much back mm-hmm. in the in the last decade of esports, um, like the 
2005 to 2010 range, the oversight just wasn't there. But now you have Cloud9, like Cloud9 was Mango. If he had done something crazy, Cloud9 would have absolutely talked him off. Now Cloud9 just released a massive partnership with Puma and an official apparel collection. Like esports has entered another realm where they are now beholden to some of these other major companies who are doing deals with them because now that brand is tied to Cloud9's brand and Cloud9 needs to please all their players in a way that appeases those other brands. When those other brands aren't there, they don't have to be as hands-on with their own players, but that's changing now in esports. You're not going to be able to get away with things you probably could get could have gotten away with like even six, seven, eight years ago. Oh no, absolutely, and it's it's to me again. Like I, I come from being here in SoCal. Like we had we had you know we had Street Fighter had Evo the. Tokyo Game Show and then, you know, the Super Battle Opera in, in Japan. And that was really the extent of like the tournaments. So even when Street Fighter 4 came out and uh, and Capcom actually began kind of like transitioning into the broader category of esports, there was still a r- lot of resistance. And quite honestly, like Street Fighter 4, I felt was like, the last bastion of, uh, of resistance to get this going because... Uh, now we're seeing more of these games just t- follow follow into the esports uh, per- esports uh, purview, but uh, I just don't think like uh, I, this is just more for the new like the new era of the FGC is going to embrace uh, Smash more so than you know holding on saying like oh well you know why isn't Third Strike an Evo game you know or or eventually people are going to forget about melee. I mean, hate to say the people, like the people who are going to, who are holding up um, smash or, or salty for smash because it's just not melee anymore. Those guys are going to continue playing melee, but they're going to be, they're going to be, you know, a, a subsection of the community. Like, I think I read a, an infographic somewhere that Samurai Showdown, when uh, at, at Evo, the average age of players playing Samurai Showdown were like in their mid 30s, but the average age of Smash players were in their early 20s. Uh, so, you know, and those Samurai Showdown players are, you know, remember the SNK games, like when they, in their heyday, and they probably would still play uh, Super Turbo or Third Strike at, uh, at Evo and hope and wish and remembers the, the glory days of, of yore. Um, but the, the scene is, the scene is evolving and uh, I don't know how quickly uh, the community is going to adapt to that. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Mitch, where for, for Smash Brothers Wii U at, at, at Evo, the crowd at during the grand finals, the crowd was booing both of the contestants just because they were using Bayonetta in a mirror match. This was just like two years ago that this happened. Right. You know, it's like, and and now we go into what we've discussed and even more stuff. I mean, we mentioned how much money is in this and, and Captain Zach, who was part of that grand <laughs> finals uh, evolution, was just came out and said and admitted that he was fixing matches among top players in the community. So there's... So bad. Yeah, it, I mean, that's ridiculous. And, and that just shows that there's there's always you know you always know when you're when you're about to when you're about to finish riding up the storm because it gets really bad like right before it gets really good right so i am hoping that 
that this is that this whole last summer that started with 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 the the the, the Bochi's Bochi's uh, rise to prominence and subsequent fall, allies disgraceful exit from the community, and now a match fixing controversy. I hope that that enough's enough, and we can just go back to complaining about how toxic Call of Duty is. Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> Call of Duty isn't going to be allowed to be toxic much more anyway. They're now they're going franchised. They're getting bought that's up right. by sports owners. Like toxicity is not going to be a key part of. It's going to become like traditional sports, where you get the occasional quip through the media. ESPN runs a whole story about it, and then it's like nothing ever happens to it. That's that's the future we're headed to in esports, and for better or for worse. Uh, on the match fixing thing, the major match fixing scandal is still hasn't come out yet. There's been plenty in oh, esports yeah. past, but with companies like FanDuel and uh, DraftKings looking at esports or starting to offer esports initiatives, something major, like I'm talking millions of dollars, is going to come out on esports because it's getting into those places that allow massive amounts of bets where you can now place we did a uh did a podcast a couple months ago with a guy from i believe the company's called thrive fantasy and we talked about this a little bit and the way they do it is like head-to-head matches mm-hmm. but you can put up to two thousand dollars on one head-to-head match and you pick like players that's a lot of money and so match fixing in esports you know it's not going to take long for the people who have been trying to match fix traditional sports to be like, wait a second, there's an opportunity. Yeah, the best is yet to come. Not enough oversight, <laughs> and it's going to be a big scandal. I'm waiting for that in the next in the next three years. I mean, I expect a major, major match fixing scandal with like players in a variety of games and just a whole a whole big deal, like the Black Sox scandal and oh, baseball God. dealt with in the 1919 World Series. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, another thing, Mitch, is that, you know, we talk about how, you know, yeah, Smash has put out a lot of money, but I mean, let's, 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 let's actually break down the numbers here. I mean, do we have $880,000 is a lot of money, but we're still not talking about people who are, you know, walking out of these tournaments, you know, lining their pockets with, with cash and, and not have to work for the rest, for the rest of the year, right? A lot of these, a lot of the tournament money that goes around, especially for fighting games, I mean, uh, it's, there's a reason why they have to keep playing throughout the year. It's because it's the, the, the money that they're, that they're making is not going to be enough to, you know, maybe they can, they can put off rent for a couple of months. Right. Uh, but, and with the sponsorship money and everything else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, can you imagine it's like, what's what what's there to to lose in particular circumstances if unless someone starts clamping down on what happened like and, and the thing with captain zach which actually disturbs me is that okay so he got he got dinged for the the match fixing he didn't get banned he actually did something that and that attacks the integrity, you know, you know, integrity of the, of the organization and of the process. And they're, they're just giving him a, a, a temporary reprieve. I mean, he's going to be able to play again. That's the thing. Yeah, he's going to be able to play again. And, you know, I, I can say if you were, 
there there was the old the old rumor that went around saying that the reason Michael Jordan retired the first time when he was when he was playing with the Chicago Bulls was because he had uh he was he was betting on basketball. And I love this rumor. I love yeah. this conspiracy. I totally believe it. Yeah, and Michael Jordan was 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 you know was betting on basketball and they were about to they were about to drop the ball on him and Michael was like, "No, nah, forget it. I'm going to go pretend I'm a baseball player for for 18 months, right?" But, uh, but, and Michael Jordan came back because he was Michael Jordan, admittedly bigger than the sport. Captain Zach, okay, known in the community, he's a guy, he's not a guy big enough to, to basically invalidate, you know, or, or just take a, take a dagger and say, you think you're going to win, but you have no idea. Like, how would you like to make $10,000? like now or whenever the case uh, I think I can't believe that he's actually still playing, but that just opens the door for, as you said, something much bigger down the line, something that we can't even imagine what the scale is. Uh, but uh, that, that's a, that for me was a really tough pill. I mean, if let's just say, let's just say considering like how dominant MK Leo has been uh, in smash ultimate so far, let's just say that all of a sudden we hear that, that he was an integral part of a match fixing scandal. And he is the top earner in, in tournament winnings uh, from, from what my, what I have here on my notes, he's the top earner uh, since smash has come out. And he's been dominating every single. Uh, he's been dominant. He's been winning a lot of tournaments. Uh, that would be. Would that be? Would that? I don't know. Cause people to to get involved in like much how the governments are getting involved with loot boxes and everything else. Like I don't. I don't know. But I think that that in terms of when you actually are attacking the integrity of the process and of these tournaments, and you're messing with money. Uh, that can't, uh, that can't just be a slap on the wrist, a uh, wrist and, uh, and a pat on the back and say, please do better next time. That, that to me is, uh, it should be way out of bounds. Yeah. Cause how do you make him forfeit the money he earned? He gets yeah, exactly. a suspension. He, he doesn't have to give back the money. He's convicted of match fixing. Yes. But whoever gave him that money is not operating above board anyway. That money's probably still in his account. I don't know how you could possibly be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna or if if you if he gets paid 10k, he'd be like, Yeah, they paid me 1k. Here's a thousand back. I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Like yeah, who's, that's who's the oversight deal. on this to stop him? And you're right. Once the money starts getting involved, you reach a new level of law enforcement of potential issues getting involved. IRS, you don't want the IRS coming for you. That's not good. And we could definitely see that without people making a ton of money, there really isn't a great path to a ton of money in fighting games or Smash Bros. 880k is a lot for Smash, but that isn't anything. That's 880k to all players over all events. Thinking that, you know, what who's who gets paid out in a normal in Evo, how many people get paid out? 20? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that's that that's not that's that's a that's a pittance compared to some of to the other big games that that are out there i mean league of legends overwatch are are far beyond uh in terms of of money that's being doled out but to smash's credit and the fgc's credit uh 
chances are like, these how how much this is these are all going towards you know individuals and I the the money might break out a little better in some cases. Um, but still, I mean, it, it pales and compares. Like if you were to, in some cases, if you were to win a League of Legends tournament, you might be set. I mean, you, you're good with your money. You can, you can, you can roll with that for a while. That Fortnite kid, Booga? Yeah. In the bank. One Fortnite amateur open tournament. Dude qualified in spring, left the end of July with $3 million after, before taxes, but a lot of money. And that's, you know... Everybody who was on that Fortnite stage for the both for two events left with at least fifty thousand. That was the lowest payout to last place was fifty k, and that's the top prize. So in a lot. It goes to show there is no I in team, but there sure as hell is a lot more money in I. <laughs> There's an I in Fortnite, though. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, and when when people don't have financial uh, stability in their game, unfortunately, the fighting games aren't super huge on Twitch. Some people have solid followings, but it's not like these guys are commanding channels with thirty thousand average viewers that can su- support them through those means. You know that that opens up the door for people to be like, "Oh, I want to get paid from this." Somebody comes and offers you twenty five thousand dollars to to throw a match because they're betting 75,000 on it wherever. I don't think those bets are possible yet, but in the future, those will become like esports odds makers is going to be a profession. In fact, it's something I've looked into. How much money do you think an esports odds maker can make? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, like you mentioned, that's it's anyone's ball game right now. So probably in the short in the short run they could probably make a lot more money until until people get kind of wise to the game here uh that's a good question and as a matter of fact that is my next career path that's thank you for bringing that up that's what i'm saying man i think about <laughs> the vegas lines and who's setting that and how much money changes hands on on those lines well they're going to need those people for esports too who's going to do that i want to do that that's oh, yeah. why no, yeah, we'll 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 get into business together, Mitch. We'll 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 do what we need to do. We'll f- I, I know a few people that can break other people's legs that owe us money. So I think I think I'm we can make it happen. <laughs> Easy money. Newsports Network odds making. Mark, don't I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you listen to this, I'm not I'm not saying we should get into esports betting. That is not a unless you're open to it. Yeah, hey, why not? <laughs> um I think we're getting off uh off track. We're 45 minutes in. I'm going to let you go, Daniel. I know you got to get to LA Comic-Con and it was great talking to you, man. I want to give you a chance. Closing remarks. Uh, Where can they read you? Where can they listen to you? What are you going to do at Comic-Con? I don't know. Let me know, man. Well, I am all over the place. So uh, I am a contributor to the eSports Network. As a matter of fact, I am currently on my second computer screen right now, Getting keep my eye on the SCA major in Singapore right now. Uh, so you can check out my work at Esports Network. Uh, I also am a contributor to The Gamer as well, so uh, thegamer.com. And uh, if you guys are into combat sports betting, I am a regular contributor at uh, betamerica.com. Place your bets and make some money. And then otherwise, you can follow me at db, uh, dbbox625 at Twitter and my uh since abandoned Twitch account, db underscore arcade. 
and uh, I'll be at Comic-Con otherwise, and uh, maybe you'll hear me on the show again one day. Absolutely. You're coming back on. We got to flesh out our idea to become esports odds makers. <laughs> it all starts here. Esports odds maker kingpins. Kingpins. That's good addition. We're the kingpins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the money men of esports. Right. Thank you so much, Danny. Appreciate you joining. We got more podcasts coming up for you later this week. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to publish them, so I'm not going to tease them yet. But more podcasts coming up for you. Danny Howard, I'm Mitch Reams. Thank you for listening.